Welcome to 11 Days, uh, podcast number three. Today I'm with uh, super awesome brother, Mark Schreiber. He, um, I don't know, what's the best way to, owner, entrepreneur. Director. Director. Uh, he created, how long ago did you create the Hub Center? Uh, the vision came to me in August of 2016. 2016. The Hub Center is, um, I love the name because any of you that doesn't understand topography, the hub is always on the top. There's always a, a round surface, the hub, and, um, and I love the name, the Hub Center. And what Mark does, I got to be honest, at first I was a skeptic, and Mark knows this. Because of, you know, the uh, probably because I was indoctrinated with um, certain things and I had a, maybe a little bit of spirit of religion going and looking at what Mark was doing. And he would come to me with, you know, all these layouts and all these plans. And I was like, okay, okay, well, we got to preach the gospel to these kids. And Mark was like, no, it's just not what this is about right now. And what was that little noise? Bluetooth turned off. Oh, okay. So, and... Uh, so I got to be honest, I had doubt and I was a skeptic until I began to see Mark's enthusiasm and I would see him out and about in our community here in, uh, in Fremont, Michigan, and just engaging with people, engaging with children. And I was actually praying about the Hub Center and Mark, and I had heard the word, which I know this isn't me because I actually had to Google what it meant, but I had heard the word philanthropist. And I thought, oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> but um, I, I Googled it, and it, and it actually means one's, one who seeks to promote the welfare of others. And that's when I said, okay, Lord, you got my attention, and just show me how I can walk alongside Mark. Um, so anyways, he had created this hub center, which is an amazing outreach for children. And um, I told Mark before we got started that, you know, um, I, I want to more for Mark has a lot of wisdom according to, oh, I guess, churchiosity and kingdom growth and something that um, the Lord had spoken to me about really what Mark's doing here. Um, he had given me the scripture in first John and, and it reads it's first John three verse 23. And it says, this is a commandment that we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we love one another just as he commands. And I think that, that Mark is doing a really good job of this um, with the Hub Center and with his whole outlook on Christianity, churchiosity. Um, he's got a lot of wisdom in that area. And I just want to, today, I want to be able to just to receive from Mark and the, all the listeners and, and, and the viewers, which my video has shut off already. You know what? I'm just going to use your video. I think so. Okay. <laughs> so, and... Uh, I just want to get his input and be able for you to hear the stuff that I've heard, the wisdom that has come from Mark about how we can grow in our community, how we love our neighbor. So I'm just going to give it over to you, Mark, and I'm just going to introduce to you Mark Schreiber. Uh, hi, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Um, as you've described here, the uh, the Hub Center, what you didn't do, didn't do is describe exactly what it is and how it works. Yeah. So the Hub Center is, uh, is an organization that uses the sport or the activity of RC cars, radio control cars, to reach kids. And um, the reason, <laughs> there's many reasons I started it, but it kind of started out with, um, I just know that uh, when I was growing up, I would have loved to have had something like the Hub Center. And that's kind of how I created it, is what would I want as a kid. Um, <clears throat> but also, 
really how I got started in RC cars is uh, in, in 2016, my son took his, my son who was 12 at the time, uh, took his Christmas money and he bought a, a hobby grade RC truck. Now there's a big difference between a hobby grade truck and what you get at Walmart. So this hobby grade truck was something, you know, he was 12 years old and um, I was like, this is the perfect father-son activity that we could do um, together. And it would hopefully be something that would get him off his screens, which is because that's what most teenage boys want to do. Um, and anyways, that's how we got started. For me, it was great in that uh, we for, for a couple months, we were totally into it. That's what we talked about. And then uh, my son being 12, having the attention span of a fly, uh, just got uninterested in RC, but I didn't. I stayed very interested because I thought I, I knew that there was a way that to reach kids here. And what happened is in August of 2016, I had a vision. I do believe God gave me a vision of how you can use RC in many, many different ways to reach kids and just teach them stuff. I mean, it just, I don't think the schools are doing a job of preparing kids for the world in a, in a real nuts and bolts kind of way. They're preparing the kids to take tests and to have basic knowledge. So I thought the Hub Center would be a way to, to, uh, to merge that. And really, the heart of the vision that I had in 2016 was, it was everything I do here at the Hub Center is based on answering one question. How do I love my neighbor? When the Jews tried to corner Jesus and ask him what the greatest commandment was, uh, Jesus knew that <clears throat> they've been following the law for thousands of years. So they were following the law, following the law. So when they asked that, they said, well, we're really into the law. Tell us the mo most important law. And Jesus saw right through that and said, this is paraphrase a la Mark, but hey, knuckleheads, let me make this simple for you. Love God, love your neighbor. If you love God, you will love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you won't. I mean, it's, it just goes back to the Ten Commandments. You won't lie, steal, cheat, covet. You know, you won't do that to your neighbor. If you remember the Sabbath and honor the Father and have no other lords before you, gods before you, then you're honoring God. So how do I love my neighbor? And the vision came to me when I was working on trucks, and um, I had my trucks and Caleb's truck, and 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 I was like, I got all my trucks done, and I'm like, now what? I, I, oh, Caleb's friend, we. Uh, we has a truck and maybe I'll just send him a text and see if he needs any help with it. And then what happened is I just started writing all the different ideas of how RC could be integrated into uh, a student development platform. And it came to, you know, what I do for a living outside of working with kids is I have a small uh, lawn care company and, you know, I love, I love to be outside and I cut grass and I have commercial equipment. So when I was asking myself the question, how do I love my neighbor, my physical neighbors, uh, I have a handful of them that are getting kind of old and they can't really take care of the lawn anymore. And so instead of watching them uh, struggle with the lawn for 45 minutes, I can go out and do it in my commercial equipment in 10. And I was like, that's how I love my neighbor. My physical neighbor, the, you know, Tony and Kay next door, I can cut their grass for them. But then it begged the question, how do I love my neighbor at large? And the answer came to me, hand them a remote control and play with cars. You can love everybody that way. And so that's really the kind of the function of what uh, I, I've done is to say, how do I love my neighbor? I go out with my RC cars. I go to the beach in the summertime and I just mess with people. I have little signs on the windshield that say I don't bite or you can't catch me or like that. And I have something engaging on the car that allows me to start a conversation with people. Something that that Mark and I have talked about 
and um, and I, I believe he's going to already have the answer to this question because we've talked about this before. But you know how I've come at you and, be, and been like, okay, well, how can we introduce Jesus? Because I had the mindset, well, well we got to evangelize. We got to, you know, hey, Jesus. And, and Mark had said to me that, you know, after loving the neighbor, you know, that after a while they get to, you know, like be that living epistle that Paul says. You know, and I had come here to some of the workshops in which I, I had put a video of that on my Facebook profile. And it's really interesting because of the, the uniqueness of those that the Hub Center is reaching out to. It's reaching out to people that aren't going to go into church or the church building, but an opportunity to still love on them. And so I guess I'm going to ask Mark, you know, like, because um, he's really put in some good points with me about, you know, scaring people away and, and just being careful and, and just loving on their neighbor. So I guess I'm going to ask Mark, you know, how do we gel them together to get to know the Lord? Or would you say you're more trusting in him to show them that this is the love of Christ? Well, the shortest answer is to is more is caught than taught. So we go to school and we're taught and we go to church and we're taught. But in the end of the day, you've got to apply that. And so instead of going through the kids, hey, I'm going to teach you all this stuff, I'm just going to do it. And you're going to see it and you're going to catch it. And so, like, I, I'm not overly religious because, or, or I call it churchianity, uh, because I know for me, when I was a kid, I would have checked out. I would have totally checked out. Oh, it's a church thing? Pfft, I'm out of here. And, and quite frankly, I know that if I had this whole RC car ministry in any church anywhere, it's going to limit the number of people. Also, in most churches, th what they're trying to do is they're trying to do outreach to get more people come to the church. Um, this might get people to come to the church, but it's a gimmick. It's like, I'm trying to trick you into coming to church. I don't like that. Let's play. And here's the other thing, too. When you reach the kids, you reach the parents. So... It's been amazing to just to go out in the community and say, I want to go love my neighbor and then see how that has developed into the relationships that have been built. And I, I cannot, I, I would be remiss to not bring up Isaiah Riley. Isaiah Riley is a kid I met in, in uh, Halloween of 2016. That was when I was doing one of my first on-site demonstrations. And this kid totally identified with it. And uh, he's been in my life for for four years now, and this kid was born with uh, some some physical and mental challenges. I don't want really going to get into that, but what RC has done is it's given him a, an opportunity to find a passion in his life, and 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 do something with it. And when I quote preach to him, I don't preach to him. I don't sit there and go, well, you know, in Mark twenty seven or whatever it is. I just teach him the truth without beating him over the head with the scripture that backs it up because truth is truth. And I, again, I know for me that growing up, if you would have said anything church, I'm out of here. Right. Let, me, let me interrupt you real quick just because I don't want to have this thought be a fleeting thought. But that's something the Lord had showed me a while ago is when we're trying to reach people that, 
that have no idea what the Word of God says, have no idea. I mean, I can come to Mark and I can sit down and we can discuss, well, hey, what about the Scripture in James? What about this? But but the Lord had said to me, you know, I'm paraphrasing here as well, back when we would do a lot of evangelism, that, that really the those outside the church or those that aren't familiar with the Bible really don't give a rip what it says because they just, it's just, it's Greek to them, literally. It's, it's, it's a foreign language. It's you a, took the words out of my mouth. It's literally a foreign language. And so... Um, when we try and, and, you know, say win souls or love our neighbor, uh, I just struggle with loving my neighbor is saying, hey, the Bible says, you know, because, you know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says it clears about that the Holy Spirit was sent to convict those, you know, that they need a savior, you know, those those that, that, that don't believe. And, and I would like to trust in him more than, hey, the Bible says and try and actually convict them, you know, to to receive Jesus more so I love the way what Mark's doing here with the avenue is he's really choosing the life of Christ to to give and to be you know like the, like that word I had heard from the Lord a, a a philanthropist in the kingdom yeah it's funny when you said that I had no idea you're going to talk about the word <laughs> philanthropist and normally when you think about a philanthropist that's somebody with a ton of money that meets the needs that right. uh, uh you know that is not me <laughs> there is no ton of money um, and that's also another thing. Uh, well, I'm, this might be a left a left turn, but yes, the, a philanthropist is someone who just cares for the greater good. Um, and uh, <laughs> there, yeah, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there. But um, <laughs> there, there, this is definitely not a, a money thing. But what it does is it shows you that if you're faithful with little, you can be trusted with much. So when I look at our little shop here and what has happened, where we are uh, is is a space that we use that we don't pay for. We don't pay rent. The person who has this space is, is favorable to what we do and said, I have this space. It's basically like a storage locker, but you can use it. And we've turned it into a full-blown workshop. And if you can learn to do uh, make do with what you have, I think it's very honoring to God. And I think a lot of like your organizations go, oh, well, if we're going to do this, the first thing we need to do is raise money, 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 money. The church is all about money. And it's like, eh, what we need to do is love our neighbor. And for me, for four years of just going out and messing with people and having events and inviting people to, uh, to just come and play with RCs, we've done amazing things with very, very little and and uh, so I think of philanthropy. We could use a philanthropist to throw some funding our way, uh, but then again, it's. Uh, but you're a, but in the kingdom. I mean, because we all you know those that that know the word of God, we can use it, and and we're rich in Christ. You know, and that's what you're giving. You're because there's yeah. nothing. There the whole the whole kingdom of God, the economic system is basically the love and compassion of God. Absolutely. And so yes, we are rich. And and when Mark was talking, I had made myself a note. You know, about because I really think that this podcast, you know, or video, whatever you're whether watching, you know, via video or audio, that that if you're in a place in a church, you know, and you feel stifled or you have a discontentment that that there's so many avenues out there that the Lord can just give you an idea like he gave you Oh yeah, to be able to love your neighbor, but also to be able to do it in something that you enjoy, you know, and. I think that's just a beautiful love and mercy and grace of God that because he loves us so much that, that wow, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, you know, and Mark is literally in a place where, like it says in Psalm 37, you know, trust in me and I'll do it. Mark didn't start this with any funds and everything has been donated, 
Um, and he does put a lot of his own uh, time and effort and funds into this as well. And Mark had, had given me an uh, amazing theory about how the hub center is, you know, like the kingdom of God is like, is like a garden, you know, and, and he's outside of the greenhouse, the greenhouse being a church, and, and he's just really just planting seeds because Mark does go out into the community. He goes to the parks. He, he goes to where the people are, um, and he reaches them. So uh, he's got an amazing I, – I love this analogy um, if you want to share with the, the, whole, the, whole, the greenhouse thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just really, really good, and, and uh, it's really good. Well, let me just – uh, well, based on some of the conversations we had, and we're talking about, uh, you call it churchiosity, I call it churchianity. Um, I, a little bit of my background is I grew up with absolutely no religious training at all whatsoever. My, uh, my dad was Catholic. My mom was something. Uh, we never went to church except when grandma was in town because she was the Catholic, my dad's mom, the Catholic. So we went to Catholic mass, which basically just scared the crap out of me. Um, and so I had no religion growing up. Then uh, around the age of 21, through a very long story, I found Christ. And then shortly after that, I found this new, uh, progressive, non-dominational, very modern church. And it was, <clears throat> if you're in the church world and you've heard of Willow Creek, we were we were Ginger Creek, which was one of the first offshoots of the Willow Creek Association. And so I jumped into that church, and it was, uh, it was a big church. We had two services, 1,200 people a Sunday. And uh, I really gravitated to that because it was so unchurchy. Actually, their motto was, we're a church for people who don't like church. Because a lot of people had the preconceived notions about, well, if you see a movie, it's a Catholic church. You know what I mean? It's, and so if there's any scene in a movie, it's a Catholic church. And so there's all that stuff and there's all that mystery or whatever the, of the church. Um, so this really took a lot of those barriers, or barriers out of the way to say, hey, if you're not a churchy person, well, they met in a movie theater. They didn't have a building. They rented a space. And so you're going to a movie theater, which is, doesn't feel like church at all. And so I was in that, that program, that system there, Ginger Creek, for seven years. And um, just I, don't get me wrong. I was an amazing, it was a formidable point in my life. But what happened is, is I would hear the message from stage and I would read the scriptures myself and go, I don't get the same thing. And so I, uh, my, the single adult pastor at that time who has, has, is my mentor since I met him in 1992, he's still my mentor today, Dave Libby. He left the, he, he was the leader of the single adult ministry and the sports ministry at that church. And he had felt a calling to leave the big organized church to, to start like more of a home fellowship. And the word that he would use, he goes, I had a reward from God that said, my goal or my mission is to release laity in the church. So I think a lot of people, when they go to church, it's like, well, you, you got to be a churchy guy. You got to go to seminary. You got to do this. You got to do that. And what he was saying is, no, the lay person can do these things. The everyday person can read the scriptures and apply them. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be the associate. You don't have to do any of this stuff. So he went the opposite direction from from helping build Ginger Creek to 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 a pretty substantial organization to leaving it and going more of a grassroots thing, which more grassroots. And he started by saying, "Hey, we're going to have some dinner on Wednesday, and afterwards we're going to open the Bible and talk a little bit. You want to come over? Just something organic." Yeah, and so that's how it started. And so I went from one bend of. Oh, non-denominational church is the way to go, and this is what are going to get people to come in the door because they're scared of church and blah, 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 blah. And then 
there's a lot of busyness. There's a lot of organization. And this this church was, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything good or bad about it. I'm just telling you my experience during the time. Um, it was very, very, it was, it was a very produced production. Uh, you know, I was on the drama team, so we had scripts weeks out. We had wireless mics. We had lighting cues, sound effects. There was live music, very, very good live. Some of the best musicians in Chicago were a part of this uh, worship team. Um, and it was extremely uh, program-driven. And I, it, it's cool to be involved in that, but it's like I don't know how many lives get changed through a program. Um, you try to get people to come to church and you, and you, and you give them information and they have to make their own decisions. But at the end of the day, are you loving your neighbor? And I think so many times when you go to church, I don't understand why the whole function is, how did you love your neighbor this week? You know, well, I didn't, I just, I did my life and I was a good Christian for the week and I came here and sang my songs and yay, I'm, I'm there, I'm doing the right thing. Well, Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor. So go love your neighbor. And I do it through RC cars. Other people could do it through baking cakes. It doesn't matter. But you're out there. And actually, another thing of that Ginger Creek Church was um, they had a seven-step program. And in the beginning, it was rub shoulders with irreligious people. You know, And I always said, well, wouldn't it be better to rub the shoulders of your irreligious people? You know, help them relax a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but that's... Um, but that's kind of what I do here now. And the thing is, what I have found is, is, as people say, where do you go to church? And I say, well, the Hub Center's my church. And they give me this stupid look, and I think you've done that. Uh, like, how can it be? And it's like when you look at Romans 12, it says, offer your lives as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. So literally, I'm here at the Hub Center six days a week. That is a sacrifice because I'm not getting paid. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm very aware of how much money I'm not making at the Hub Center, okay? But the thing is, I never got in for it, the money. I got into it because it was a passion and it was a following and it was a vision that was given to me. And I'm trusting, uh, I'm trusting many, many things. And also I work outside of that to support myself. And I guess I'm a, that's my tent maker, whatever you want to call it. And there's a whole nother, I don't want to get into that discussion. Um, but... There's just so many things that I have found freedom of from leaving the organized church and just saying, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to see who God puts in my path, who, who God wants me to, whose paths I'm supposed to cross or they're supposed to cross mine. Uh, and I could say that Isaiah is definitely one of them. And there's, there's a handful of kids. I mean, I look at these kids and I know that their life will never be the same because of what the Hub Center is. And when you go back to, you know, okay, we got to preach the gospel. I preach the gospel every time I'm here by showing it in my actions. Which that was the question that I had asked. You know, like, how are we going to introduce them to Christ? And I believe, you know, like, like Mark, he literally preaches the gospel because he's loving his neighbor. You know, and even maybe, maybe a, a word... You know, this may, you know, rub you wrong, but possibly if Mark never even, you know, gives them the gospel, you know, verbatim. But yet when they pass, you know, that's where I believe Mark is saying he's trusting is because he doesn't want to push these children away, you know, because a lot of people, the church is scary. It's a scary place. And and it, because because if God knows what I've done. You know, he'll strike me with lightning. Well, your jig is up. He already knows. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so, 
in me seeking the Lord, you know, on, on this whole thing, um, I really am on board with Mark and trusting the Lord that, that as these children grow up, you know, that the Lord is going to work in their heart and they're going to be like, you know what? I was loved, you know, and, and it's, it's just something that, you know, love prevails. It's the most important thing. I mean, you can give up your body to be burned. You can, you know, have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, you got nothing. You got a clanging symbol. Yep. You got nothing. And I think that, that a lot of times that we really miss that, you know, by putting our focus on churchianity. Yeah, I want to go back to that. You and I, and I kind of didn't answer your question about the whole greenhouse thing. So years ago, I was given this vision about you know the greenhouse when when and then that's the the history of the Ginger Creek uh, uh, experience that I had was and and it kind of came after that. But it's like when when you come to the church, they metaphorically speaking, many people, what they try to do is say, well, you got to get your, your herd in the fold. That's the church. That's the point, that's the point of uh, safety overnight. So when you have the sheep out in the field, they can get devoured by wolves or other animals. You put them in the fold at night. And so that's the, you know, the church. But the thing is, if you keep all those sheep in the church all day long, it's going to be filled with crap because <laughs> they need to go out and eat and do their thing during the day. And so... I, I also thought about it is when you go to church, what they try to do, and, and this has just been my experience. I'm not, again, not good or bad. I'm just telling you my experience. The, when you go to church, everything is nice and polished and pretty. And, oh, good to see you today, Brother Mark. And, oh, have a seat. And there's the coffee and blah, blah, blah. And we're just going to have all these pleasantries. And we sit down and we have our opening music and we have our prayer and we have our message. And it's all wrapped up in 40 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, and depending on where you go. Um, and uh, um, and it's like it, what they're trying to do is they're, they're creating a greenhouse. They want to create the perfect environment. They want to give you the soil that has the perfect pH and balance and, and nutrients. They give you the sunlight at certain times. And, and then I realized it's like, you know what? If these flowers, these plants, it doesn't matter if they're tomatoes or petunias or whatever, orchids, if they never leave the greenhouse, what's the point? What happens is, is those plants need to be transplanted. So it's almost like being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be transplanted so that you can take root where you are. So that part, you are a part of that ecosystem. So sometimes it's pretty, sometimes it's ugly, sometimes it's, you know, whatever, but you're transplanted there. And so whatever plant you are, you grow and you produce a flower. Then those flowers, those petals fall, they break down, they go back into the, the environment. So... So, and when you look at all the different things and the different things in the specific ecosystem of where that plant was transplanted and rooted, it affects that, okay? So you have one plant that can go and infect a garden. You can't bring the whole building, right, to, to, to try to affect that garden, that ecosystem. And that's what the churches try to do. They try to get you to come to their ecosystem and, and, and keep you there rather than sending people out to just affect the world around them. And when you, when you, if you, the other thing too is in a greenhouse, you're only, your root system can only go so far. You're in a flat, you're in a little two and a half inch square pod or whatever, and you're growing that. Right. You're designed to be taken out of that and put into the soil. And so your roots go down. And when your roots grow down, you become stronger. You get more nourishment from the earth. Uh, when you're in the greenhouse, you just sit there and relax and everything's handed to you, but you never really grow. 
You're pretty at the beginning, but now what? If you're a greenhouse, you want to be producing plants to get out to marketplace because that's what you do is you sell plants. And granted, that, that's where the metaphor breaks down here because uh, we're not selling this. We're giving it. But if you're not out in the ecosystem, where are your neighbors? Right. You know what I mean? So if you're in the ecosystem, you're around your neighbors. If you leave the ecosystem and you go to the greenhouse, you're with your neighbors at the greenhouse. But then you leave and go back to your house. And so that was, I think that we need to stop thinking about how perfect our church is and going, am I loving my neighbor? Right. And, and here's the thing. I was going to a church here in town. And it's, again, nothing good or bad, just the, the path that I was on. But when I, when I had this vision of the Hub Center, I was active in that church. And I was like, hey, we, I should talk to the pastor. We should do this. We should have this ministry. He said, but, 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 but. I'm going, no. I'm not, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. And then I also think of, well, if we did it at the church, then there'd have to be board meetings. There'd have to be this. And there'd have to be move through the council. And, and you know, how are we going to fund it? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need any of that noise. I need to just go love my neighbor. And I can tell you it's been a lot of peaks and valleys. But um, it's, we're into our fifth year now. And I can totally see how, how God has directed many, many, many things. And, and and it just comes down to, uh, for me and my particular, not everybody's going to go out and start an RC ministry, but my encouragement to people is, what is it that you have a passion for? And go love your neighbor doing it. Yep. Yep. Amen. Well, I want to thank you, Mark, for being on here. Um, I try to keep these podcasts at 30 minutes, and we literally just rolled 30 minutes. Um, we could have a part two. Yeah, we can have a part two another time. Um, just real quick, if anyone wants to partner with mark and the hub center um whether it's through prayer um as you, you know it is a very uh costly thing and but there's nothing more price less priceless priceless than the people that mark is reaching um where the church isn't going to and it's just a beautiful beautiful outreach that mark's doing so if anybody wants to partner with you mark um if you just want to put a plug in for your contacts. Yeah. Um, well, right now, um, I don't like doing these plugs, but yeah, do a plug. Um, right now we have a, pro- uh, a program called give a truck for student development. And that what that does is, as you said, it's expensive. So the point of entry to RC is the RC and the opening bid for the trucks that we use is right around $230. Um, but then again, that's just the opening bid then you're going to want the extra battery and the better charger and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the Give a Truck Pack uh, program allows kids to raise money to achieve a goal. So there's two ways to do it. Uh, well, in general, if you want to give support in any way, uh, we uh, you can do it through PayPal. And the, in PayPal, the email address for us is support at the hub dot center. It's not dot com. It's dot center. The hub dot support at the hub dot center. If you want to mail us a check, you can do it to our registered address, which is eight twenty six Lake Drive, uh, Fremont, Michigan. Or they can look four nine four one two. Look you up on Facebook. Yeah, for sure on Facebook. What about a website? The face by the Facebook page is Hub Center RC, and the website is the hub dot center. Um, 
But anyways, just to the Give a Truck program, if, if you want to sponsor a gift of any kind, I have four or five students that are trying to get their Give a, their, their give a Truck and they're, and they're making their way. So if you gave a, I mean, the Give a Truck packages start at 300. I mean, you want to give 300 to 3,000, we can make that work. But, um, but if you wanted to give like 10, 20 bucks, uh, I, you know, like Lizzie is a kid that's working on her build a truck. Once she gets 300, then she can get the build kit. And, and so those are where the funds would go if, if someone was going to be giving a gift. Right. Well, thank you very much. Um, just a, a last word of encouragement that, you know, we know the scriptures. Not everybody's an eye, not everybody's an ear. And um, not everybody's called to preach from the pulpit. Not everyone's called to run the streets. But yet every single person of you that has, you know, Christ living in them has a calling on their life. And, and I really like what Mark had said that, you know, wherever that passion is, you know, that no greater place for the Lord to use you in, in that. So, um, yeah, Mark, I thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. And just blessings on everything you do. And it is a, it's just a wonderful outreach. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and be blessed. Thank you. Bye now.